Welcome to TV Break, the PopBreak.com's monthly roundup of all the ins and outs of the world of TV. I am Pop Break podcast editor Alex Marcus, and I am joined, as always, by Pop Break editor-in-chief Bill Bodkin. How are you doing today, Bill? I am the editor-in-chief you're looking for. <laughs> okay. Well, that might be a tease for uh, something coming a little while. Um, but in the meantime, we also, of course, have with us uh, a man who only had one job this week, and it was to keep an eye on a precocious 10-year-old space princess for five minutes, and he royally messed up. It's our resident TV columnist, Josh Jernacki. Hello, Josh. In my defense, she was very precocious. And Bill, you stole my line. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> we hit two seconds before he said something. I'm like, all right. <laughs> well, well uh, we certainly have a Star Wars on the brain, the three of us together. But before we get into that, uh, we have survived the spring deluge of Emmy hopefuls. And now it is June and we are firmly in the blockbuster season. As we said, Star Wars is here. Big screen, small screen, everything in between. We got Marvel. We got Stranger Things. We got the boys from Amazon coming up. That was that's the month ahead, but this month, uh, well, this episode, we're going to be talking about how uh, May closed out, uh, who won the month in streaming, whether Star Wars Celebration lived up to the hype, and what exactly is Amazon's new original series, Night Sky, starring Academy Award winner Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons. Uh, spoiler alert, it might be more of a bummer than you were expecting. Uh, but before we get into any of that, uh, let's start out, as we always do, by asking Josh, what was the best thing that you saw last month on TV? Okay. Well, I'm just going to keep it rolling, and no surprises, Obi-Wan Kenobi was the best thing I saw this month. Uh, Your brother is not great. He just, told, he just messaged me like five minutes ago. He's like, I do not like this. And I'm like, wow. Oh. Hot take from Aaron Sarnacki. Okay, so we're going to have to do an anniversary on it in 10 years. I'll tell him why he's wrong. Um, oh, did not know that. Haven't talked about that yet. So that is news to me. Well, um, I can confirm that he is totally wrong because I thought it was lovely. Um, I don't want to spoil too much of it. Um, but Alex, you kind of did mention a precocious uh, child character in it. And I will say that I was so happy to see that i was not expecting that and it was perfect i thought it was of all the times star wars has tried to do young characters it was the one that's actually worked the best in my opinion um it like blows little anakin skywalker and little boba fett out of the water easily um, <laughs> a character no one ever wanted to see <laughs> no no um just immediately so much better Alex did not want a whole book dedicated to him earlier this year. Either. Did not. Yeah, <laughs> I tore those pages out, my friend. Oof. The Should the I... only thing I will say is that it did remind me of a critique, Alex, that you brought up a few um, months or maybe it was last month about Star Wars kind of getting to this one trick pony of yes, we have this gruff character with this precocious child. I was like, yeah. ah. They're doing it again, aren't they? Maybe Ox was right. Uh, but I loved it still. So, you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it seems to be the only thing that they can tell well. But, you know, I guess if you got a thing that works, stick with it. Um, 
<laughs> but I actually, I saw this as well, and I think it's great. I think it's honestly, I watched the first two episodes, and I genuinely think that it is the best thing that Star Wars has done since The Last Jedi. I think it's it's better than, uh, than any of the TV stuff that has come before it, because it has a real cinematic quality to it. Like, the presentation, the way it looks, the way it feels, and the performance that is, that Ewan McGregor is giving that's anchoring the film is or the move the tv show <laughs> it feels like a film uh but it is a television show and I just thought it was excellent I really really liked it um I also was very interested in the surprise swerve that it takes from what we were expecting to see I think the kind of the trailers led us to believe that it was going to be sort of like Ewan McGregor on the run to try to keep the inquisitors away from Luke and then it turns out that that's not actually the story at all. And I thought that was a kind of nice bait and switch in the marketing. Um, and yeah, I just, I think it has like a really great feel. And I think that Ewan is just giving such a compelling performance as Obi-Wan. This is not a show that I really had any enthusiasm for ahead of this. Like I just didn't need Obi-Wan Kenobi in my life. I also think it's ridiculous. The show is literally just called Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like at least call it Kenobi, you know, like you don't, like why is it called his full government name? It's ridiculous. But uh, but turns out I'm really liking it after two. They still have four more episodes left. They could they could definitely fumble the ball. But I'm really excited with what we've seen so far. This is the show I was so worried about because Alex, I believe, like last year, you had pointed out like this show had to be rewritten. They had to get new writers. They halted production. They cut uh, Darth Maul out of it. They cut the episode order. And when you hear cut the episode order and rewrite the show, you're like doomed. This thing had two things going for me. It's like Deborah Chow, who's awesome, and Ewan McGregor in the role he was born to play. My fear also was like, most people don't like the prequels. So is this going to be just like, are we just going to just retrudge the the hate from the fanboys? Apparently not. It's just apparently their racism and misogyny that just was. Yeah. <sighs> and by the way, Moses Ingram as uh, the third sister. Third sister? Reva. Reva. Yeah. I'll call her. It's her, that's her Christian name. It, the, thir- the third Kobe. sister, I think, is also correct. Um, I thought her performance in the first one was uh, hurt by kind of like very stilted, kind of stiff dialogue. But in the second episode, she is incredible. She scared me. And I was like, this is great. I love this. And episode two, the set piece they use, um, I think is one of my favorite new Star Wars set pieces they've done since Disney picked them up. Like, that city they used, I'm not going to give a lot away, but, like, the city they're in is incredible. And it adds, it's so dramatically shot, and it's, I loved it. I was so surprised at how great this episode, this series was so far. It was so good. And I'm going to talk about it every week on, on Socially Distance. So you can hear myself, Al, Lucas, and Amanda just, like, talk about how all our pants exploded while watching both episodes. Yeah. And not to take anything away from the rest of your co-hosts, but I am so excited to hear what Amanda has to say about this show, because I just, I remember... In real time, we're going back with the episodes. It was just a lot of all caps, all caps, all caps. (laughs) She did did such a great job making um, the Book of Boba Fett seem like a more interesting show than it actually was, so I can't wait to see her sink her teeth into something that actually deserves her talents as a podcaster. (laughs) She's great, and she's going to be on every week, so I can't wait. Yay. Yeah, 
And I also I also just want to say I think it's just a great like the show has is really well cast. It looks fantastic and it really just feels like it's even though it does have as Josh pointed out that same sort of like it's an older guy and a young kid and like they're on the road together. It feels like there's a lot more spontaneity to potential here. Like, I don't think necessarily what we saw in the first two episodes is what we're going to get for the whole show. Like, it really feels like there's a chance that we're going to drop that little kid off back at home at a certain point and then like continue the story. And I do hope that that's the direction that they go. Um, And also just like, you know, Bill, you said like prequels, everyone has decided is terrible, but Certainly, it feels like this show really is built on this idea that actually the prequels had some very quality things in it that maybe kind of were not well executed at the time, but were very rich storytelling potential that they're going to mine. Like, there's no kind of, like, embarrassment about what came before it. There's no sense of, like, we need to swerve away and, and go into a different direction with these characters. It's very indebted to what came before it, and in a way that kind of makes you reconsider what you saw and almost tricks you into thinking that those movies were good movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, As someone no who question. rewatched them right beforehand, I will say, they still rely heavily on you and mcgregor <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they don't retcon anything which is no. nice and my wife who didn't knew nothing about this she's like you know if they really wanted to be ballsy with this show they would bring um hayden christensen back and i'm like they did and she's like wow i might watch the show i'm like no you're not but i <laughs> but they also made like one thing not about the show though is they they made it feel like this was a big deal this was premiering it was like we're going to do it Wednesday. No, we're going to do it Friday. Then they're like, you know what? Let's do it at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And I could tell you, so it's midnight East Coast time. I can tell you I went on about 11.45 and I started the show. It was just up. And, like, they made, they they hyped this show more than they had any others. And it's it's got the highest, apparently, according to them, it's their highest debut of all time. Yeah, which isn't a surprise, because he's a real, you know, I mean, he's such a legacy character. People have such a strong connection to him. And, and yeah, I think a lot of people have been waiting for, this story was supposed to be a film originally, right? They were, they were supposed to be doing Obi-Wan spinoff um, in this vein of Solo. Um, I don't, I would be curious if this ends up feeling like it could have been a movie, but we'll see. You know, maybe they'd make, the, make good use of the runtime that they have. But, yeah. Uh, I think it's a it's a great start, and I'm really excited to see. We'll check back next month. By the time our next episode airs, we'll have seen the whole series, I believe. So it'll be very. I hope that we continue to have positive feelings about this. And the less we say about um, Star Wars terrible fans, the better. <laughs> but also, uh, I like guess the Disney Plus game, like we kind of they kind of stumbled out the gate a little bit this year with with Boba Fett and Moon Knight to some extent. Yeah, two uh, two less than stellar entries from their franchise films, but or from their film franchises. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know they've got some other stuff going on there. So I think Disney Plus is a okay. Yep. <laughs> but what's something that's a bit better than a okay for you this month, Bill? Stranger Things season four part one. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he's like, yep. I wish I had put money on that one. Uh, <laughs> check and check. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe Alex read my review of the oh no I haven't posted I'm reviewing the last two episodes I reviewed the first two oh, episodes nice. of Kenobi doing the last two episodes of Stranger Things read Avani did the first three episodes read her review on Pop Break and Matt Wittes is doing episode four which is up and episode five 
uh, which is coming up. And he makes a case that episode four is the best. It contains one of the best scenes of the entire series. And that's, uh, I think, a very good point to debate. But for me, this was another show like Kenobi. I was kind of concerned about. Uh, I've gone on record. Make it real quick. My preamble. Stranger Things is the show that brought me back to Netflix. I very much enjoy. I love the first season. Watched multiple times. Second season, bit of a letdown. Third season, kind of was the let's make good fan servicey type of season. And this one, I'm like, ah, is this, they're all grown up now. Is how, what's this going to happen? And I think this is an, that this was an excellent uh, first part of this season. Definitely has put the nostalgia as more of the sprinkles on the cupcake than just leaning into it so hard that it's all the humor and basically that's the appeal which previous seasons have done. Uh, definitely more a mature season leans definitely into the horror aspect of it. Uh, quote quote uh, socially distanced and pop break regular Ben Murkison definitely has a nightmare on Elm Street vibe a lot of the times. I think the performances are great. The new characters are awesome. And they're doing a lot of different stories all at once, and I really think they all hit. I'm liking almost all the stories they've told. Maybe there's some that aren't as strong, but I like what they're doing with the Upside Down. I've liked the new characters they've introduced. Um, Eddie is pretty great, and listen, I am always down for a stoner's comedic relief. Um, and I do want a Surfer Boy Pizza t-shirt. So I'm sure that'll be out in due time at Hot Topic by next week. Uh, I love that that yeah. guy's name is Argyle. Like, what a name. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it was, because the first Argyle I think of is the limo driver from Die Hard. So I'm like, oh. okay. I really like what they're doing this season. They went serious, and I think it's paid off. I really, I don't know if you guys have seen the final episode. I think they've, they left you wanting a lot more. I've seen six of the seven. I haven't seen the last episode yet. The seventh one, it goes places, and there's things and stuff. That's all I'm going to will- say. I would hope so. It's an hour and 40 minutes long. I hope it goes to and, lots of places and there's lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. Yeah, there's 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 some stuff in there I was not expecting and I definitely enjoyed it. My expectations were low. I was very concerned and I think they exceed smashed my expectations. And I think a lot of people are now chomping at the bit for the July 4th release, July 4th weekend part two. Even though those are going to be like four hours worth of two, you know, content, people are ready for it. Can it sustain a season five? They're going to do it. But if this was the last season of Stranger Things, I'd be really happy with it because I'm I'm just super impressed with what they did. Yeah, I've seen, as I said, I've seen six out of the seven. I would say that on a whole, this is probably its best season since the first season, without a doubt. Um, first, it's like hard to say, like, it's hard to top that one to me. It's yeah, almost well, perfect. and I mean, it has the, like, it has the kids being kids, and that's such a huge part of yeah. what makes that sh- that yeah. season work. And obviously, you can't replicate that as they get older. It has to become something new and different. And I admire the fact that, like, for the first time, it feels like they're actually trying to be something new and different instead of just being more and bigger than yeah. before. Like, it feels like they're taking it in a different direction. Um, and I really like that. I, the only caveat I would say is that for me, all of the stuff with all of the kids works great. Um, and everything to do with Joyce and Hopper and Brett Gelman uh, just really doesn't work for me at all. Oh, <laughs> I just like don't care. I, I don't I care about it at all. It like it really drags the episodes and it's just like it all just feels like stalling. It just feels like come up like are they gonna get there are they gonna save them are they gonna bring him back like we know that that's gonna happen so like no, why are we wasting so much time episode who seven. cares about russia <laughs> i mean i also like that there is a game of thrones um character that 
pops up in there that makes me giggle. Uh, but it's also um, actor, not character. But I don't mind the Russia stuff at all. Could, Most, be, could, I think be, the, could be the character also, given the nature of the character in Game of Thrones. Yeah. But uh, Brett Gilman generally carries a lot of that, and I just I just love everything he does. So to me, it's great from the, from the other guys yelling, you get back here and make love to my wife, to everything he's done this, this season. I think it's been really good. Yeah, it is far-fetched. It is very far-fetched that, you know, suburban Indiana mom is going to go to uh, do a covert rescue mission to Russia, maybe. You know, that's utterly ridiculous. I'm okay with it. It's, it's not <laughs> the most offensive thing I've seen on TV. If it doesn't work for you, Alex, I mean, listen, I respect your opinion as always. But it just me, was boring. It was it's just yeah, boring. Well, the whole t- like the everything else happening on the show, like there's so much stakes and you care about these characters and what they're going through and there's genuine suspense. I and here it just like episode seven might change your mind. It might, it might, it might not. But it, it might. But uh, if Josh, you're telling me that it lands well, then I'm happy to hear it. But I feel like what I would probably say, if I like how it resolves, I would probably say we could have done this in like an episode or two instead of seven episodes. But Josh, you haven't have you watched it yet? I have not watched any of it yet. I very much want to um, because I was the one who reviewed that first season that got Bill back into Netflix. So, <laughs> um, so I'm I've been with it from the start and definitely want to get into it. Just have not had an opportunity yet. So. Um, Hopefully, by the time we uh, podcast next month, I'll have seen it all. Um, although I will say, you, Alex, you mentioned this earlier, like the run times of the episodes still like having not seen any of it yet. That feels like a really weird move to me, um, especially knowing that part two or volume two like is going to have even longer episodes it's like, yeah. I'm not sure what they're doing in terms of like crossing the line between film and TV show. So what it feels like when you watch it, it's it's very formless. It really just feels like they had like a giant slab of content and they just decided to like chop it up along a couple of cliffhangers in mm-hmm. across seven installments. And it doesn't really have the sort of narrative flow or consistency that an episode of television has, like where you feel like you're getting like specific stories per episode that build into a full season arc. It's just like... There's like a half dozen storylines and we're just jumping from storyline to storyline every so often. A couple of times they cross cut in ways that are really impactful, but most of the time they're not cross cutting. They're not really talking to each other at all. It's very much just like, and then we go here and then we go here and then we go here. And now the episode's over. Now we're going to go into the next episode. Like it feels like it's built more than anything to be watched in a binge, like to be watched like as, and like you could just watch 45 minutes of an hour and 15 minute episode and just like stop for the day and go back into the next one and watch half the second half of that episode and the next half of the next episode and you would feel the same as if you were watching individual episodes like would you agree with that bill yeah it's the runtime didn't bother me too much but yeah you're right it is a very formless like it's not just like here's the one thread It, it goes in a lot of different directions they do again the final episode does bring a lot of it together uh not all of it but a bunch of it, and they also allow it also allows the characters to grow up a little bit. I think with the time they do, there's more character development in in some of these. The Dear Billy episode really that needed the time, and I'm glad they gave it to him. Yeah, it just feels like real- they could have like it feels like sure. they could have edited this into a 
12 episode season with the exact same content and it could have felt more like a conventional tv show in the in its runtime presentation as well with like more of a focused following different perspectives and different characters for specific episodes and tying stories together around a theme more in specific episodes and like doing it over the course of 12 instead of seven but they didn't want to do that because they didn't want to pay the actors to be in extra episodes so instead they just loaded all of the content they possibly could into seven episodes also they i think people would have bitched about 12 episodes that's way more episodes than last time i think no matter what people are going to complain yeah i think you just you just have to look at it as a whole like slab of stranger things beef and just like work through it at your own pace you know it's like it's like the old 96er from summer rental you just gotta go for it and you gotta eat the grizzle with it I don't know what you're talking about. No idea what you're saying. I'm sure somebody has... You know what? You've never seen Summer Rental with John Candy and Dan Aykroyd? No. This this sounds like a thing that you're making up. (laughs) (laughs) Her first movies ever. No, it's a a modern... It's a Comedy Central classic. It was on all the time. It's a a fun little movie. And he ate ate a 96-ounce steak named the old 96er. I really would have... At least Alex, who's seen every movie under the sun, literally you know? never even heard of it. Like not, not even oh, not seen it, just not heard of it. <laughs> you know what? For our next podcast, you have to watch Summer Rental now. It'll take like seventy minutes. You'll be fine. You find it, and I'll watch it. How about that? <laughs> well, I'll find it for you. You're talking, Alex. While I look up where you can watch Summer Rental, what was the best thing you watched on TV? So I watched a lot of great things on TV in the last month, and I just want to shout out the half hour like episode space in general, because there are so many great half hour comedies, dramas, dramas that are on television right now that I just like can't believe it. My favorite one is Hacks, 100% HBO Max, such a great show. Season one was excellent. Season two blows season one out of the water. So, so funny. So, so moving and uh, emotional and hilarious all at the same time. Really excellent work. They've aired six of their eight episodes. They're, the last two episodes air uh, tomorrow. And so I'm very excited to get to the end of that. Uh, that's just, it's honestly one of my favorite shows of the entire year. It's right up there with in my top five for sure. Maybe even number two behind Pachinko. It's like really just, it was already excellent. And then it just like jumped another tier. So I'm so excited by it. But in addition to that show, there's also a variety of other, like, really cool and interesting things happening in the half-hour space right now. Like, there's light, silly comedies like Girls 5 Eva on Peacock, which is back for a second season. It's really funny. Like, it's it's an easy, breezy show. You're going to get a bunch of, like, laughs. And it's not going to, like, blow your mind. It's not going to make you cry. But it's, like, a really fun kind of uh, light show. There's Heartstopper on Netflix, which is this very cute uh british queer like rom-com kind of uh tv show uh about this like uh gay kid and like high schooler in england who kind of gets a crush on like a straight friend who's in the rug on the rugby team and he decides to join the rugby team too and maybe that friend isn't as straight as he thought he was and it's like and you think like oh well that sounds like a really kind of tired premise but the way that they do it is really cute and fun and it's coming back for a second season which i think is really great i finally finally caught 
I finally caught up on uh, the second season of Undone, which aired last month uh, in April, in April rather. Uh, that was a show that I didn't really think needed a second season, but it the second season ended up making it feel like you couldn't have the story without a second season, which is just like really incredible given where Undone season one ended many years ago. Uh, it's really interesting, surreal, uh, um, sort of like quasi animated series that just really kind of talks about uh, really heavy things about playing around with time travel in ways that uh, like, what if you could go back in time and cure all of the trauma that inflicted your family through generations? Like, would that make everyone happier? Would you be able to live with yourself? Like, that sort of thing. There's a drama that aired in, on Hulu called Conversations with Friends. It's a half hour. It's kind of the follow-up to Normal People. Uh, it's not a direct sequel to Normal People, but uh, it's based on a on a novel by Sally Rooney, who also wrote the no, the Normal People novel as well. Uh, that's a very sort of like, <laughs> I think you guys would definitely hate it because the protagonist is very uh, insular, like uh, overly uh, in like, uh, uh, just like very like emotionally closed off and not very likable. Uh, but her thorniness is, is interesting and it's not as good as normal people, but it's definitely worth watching if you liked that sort of like emotionally repressed irish vibe it's got a hell of a cast too yeah really really good um joe alwyn and jemima kirk are people that you might know but the and also sasha lane who's really good um and then the lead actress is someone that i haven't seen before but she also does a really good job playing a, a pretty difficult role um also i finally caught up on our flag means death which bill has spent many, many episodes now talking about, and I liked it. I didn't like it as much as you guys did, but uh, but I did like it. Um, it grew on me over the course of the season. Um, I thought Taiko was really excellent in it, Taiko Atiti as Blackbeard. Um, I didn't totally love how it ended, but I'm curious to keep... Um, oh, you haven't finished it yet? No. It's one of the many hanging out there. I, listen, I got Marvel movies to watch for a podcast. Sure, sure. If somebody has a gun to your head about that, it's very unreasonable. <laughs> That's your- but uh, there's also Life Life and Beth, which is the Amy Schumer show from Hulu that aired last month. I watched oh, wow. all of that. That was a show that really felt like it could have been like a two-hour-long indie movie. Uh, but... As it was, it was pretty good. Um, like a solid like B to B plus. Like Laura Benanti is in it and is excellent as Amy Schumer's mom, uh, mostly in flashbacks because the whole show is basically about like Amy Schumer has this kind of difficult relationship with her mom and her mom unexpectedly passes away due to a car accident in the first episode and it's kind of like sets her on a whole path of self reflection and discovery as you might imagine. Um, <laughs> Michael Sarah is really good on the show as a kind of like on the spectrum uh, farmer who lives in Long Island, uh, which is a, a a mix of a lot of different things that you wouldn't necessarily think would go well together. But uh, as a love interest for Amy Schumer, it like weirdly works. And uh, yeah, some of the sporting cast is pretty funny as well. Uh, and then also, I love that for you is a Vanessa Brer show on Showtime, which I think is excellent, except that I hate like the narrative hook of the show which has made me feel really conflicted about it because it's basically Vanessa Brer plays this girl, this woman who uh, was a childhood cancer survivor and is kind of emotionally stunted as a result of 
that like significant trauma in her past and she basically she always wanted to be an on-air host for a qvc type channel and uh she gets her chance and because she aces an open call audition and she gets on tv for the first time and she's around all these in- people that she like grew up admiring and everything else she's like so excited and she kind of just completely messes up on her first day and gets fired and then when she gets fired she like just blurts out like but you can't fire me because i have cancer even though she doesn't have cancer she had cancer when she was a kid she doesn't have cancer now and so then the whole show is like part this fun interesting workplace dramedy about like with molly shannon and a couple of other people who really really funny really uh interesting performers uh in this sort of like 30 rock-esque sort of like you know cable shopping channel setting and all that stuff is great and then there's the whole like oh but she says that she has cancer and she doesn't have cancer and what if someone finds out and i just like hate that completely because just like it's so contrived and the show doesn't need it the show's strong enough without it so i hope that they fade that over time but it's it's gotten me to keep every it's gotten me to keep watching every episode despite the fact that i hate the central premise so that's a compliment in a weird way i guess (laughs) But yeah, so that's all of those shows, 30-minute, half-hour shows, airing mostly on streaming, pretty much all on streaming, uh, really giving you a huge variety of different tones and textures uh, that you can have in the half-hour space. And I just think that like half-hours are on fire this month, and I'm really excited about it. You know, I think a lot of the big, glossy, hour-long, based-on-a-novel or, you know, superhero show, whatever, has gotten a lot of attention over the spring and these shows are all excellent and deserve our attention as well so i just wanted to give them all a a brief shout out um i also have been keeping up with under the banner of heaven uh have you guys been keeping up with it i've been kicking myself my wife is my wife is like we're gonna watch like this maybe this week or we're like go through a lot of it which i'm like all right it's it's a pretty heavy show to binge i'll say that I'm I wouldn't through. recommend a heavy binge. <laughs> like maybe once a day, maybe. I wouldn't do like three in a night. I think that might be too much. <laughs> I always find ways to break it up. But uh, I've been I've been enjoying it for what it is, uh, which is basically like a group of incredibly talented actors giving great performances of uh, a very detailed Wikipedia article. Um, and so, you know, there's that's it's like a pro and a con sort of situation. I find that Wikipedia article pretty interesting because I'm learning a lot of things I didn't know. Um, and as I said, the actors are very good doing their best, but it's like very weirdly structured as a show where it's just like, remember, we talked about how like, oh, you know, based on a nonfiction book and like, how are they going to make that into a drama? And basically what they've settled on is we're just going to have like a, a person that we're interrogating and we're going to bring them around to like crime scenes and stuff and then have them and sit them down and be like, explain this thing to me. And then they talk for like five to 10 minutes about a thing. And you're like, cool, this isn't the way that uh, narrative fiction works, <laughs> but okay. Um, and sometimes you get a flashback to Joseph Smith and sometimes you get a flashback to a guy who wants to create his own fundamentalist cult because he doesn't like to pay taxes and you know um you just never really know what you're gonna get but i think the thing that's most interesting about the show is that it really tackles the idea of like what happens when people believe that the voice in their head is the voice of god and how corrosive and terrifying that can be in the wrong hands um and 
I think that that's a very interesting thing that the show is examining pretty well, despite not really feeling like a TV show all the time. So that's all the shows that I've been watching that have been varying degrees of good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a follow-up question, Alex. Where do you find the time? Well, I did take two cross-country flights uh, in the last week, and so that definitely uh, gave me uh, some time to catch up on some things. But, I mean, another nice thing about the half-hour shows is that you can kind of bang a lot out in a pretty short amount of time. So. <laughs> um. You know what else you could bang out in a pretty short amount of time is Summer Rental, which you can watch <laughs> on Prime Video. And if you have to rent it, Alex, send me your Venmo, and I'll pay for it for you. Okay. Oh. Now you got to get the reference. Now I'm determined for you to watch okay. this. Maybe on a special episode of Bill vs. the MCU, after we go through all the MCU, our bonus episode can be watching Summer Rental. This is my revenge for... Um, that that jazz thing we had to watch a year ago. <laughs> so you're gonna have to watch Summer Rental. You have made me watch a lot. Now I'm gonna give you homework to watch Summer Rental, so you get my old '96er joke, and you will see it was really on point. It was done really well. <laughs> okay. It's fucking old. <laughs> I don't know. Why do I feel that Alex is gonna hate this? Oh, I don't care. I want him to get that joke. <laughs> I want him to get the joke. Well, it's I also- guess. It's also a good bit for the podcast. Go on. Sure, listeners can tune in next month to find out if I if I follow up on that thing that I did not promise to do. Um, but in the meantime, let's uh, move on to our news break segment, uh, where we talk about one of the biggest news stories of the month in television. And this month, we're going to be talking about a story by Sean Keane at CNET, uh, titled, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to follow this title. I don't know if you're going to get the idea of the article when we read it, but, you know, just bear with me. If you have any questions, let me know. It's called Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, Major Announcements from Last Weekend's Convention. So, you know, a little mysterious what we're going to talk about in this segment. But um, <laughs> so many what convention could it be about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe the Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. But, yeah, so basically uh, – if you guys don't know, because you live on a, under a rock or have a healthy relationship with the internet, um, Star Wars Celebration happened last week, and that's this thing that happens every two years or so, where a bunch of fans get together and, um, I guess, are racist towards uh, the thing that they supposedly love so much. But but also what happens is Lucasfilm like, has a bunch of panels and breaks a lot of news and airs trailers. It's basically like Comic-Con, but just for Star Wars stuff. And uh, you might be saying, well, how is that TV news? Star Wars is a film property, right, Alex? And I will say, no, not anymore, because they don't know how to make movies. So instead, it was all TV all the time. <laughs> and I have a list of nine things that happened that were pretty big news i'm going to run down them briefly and then we can talk about the things you guys find interesting so number one as we discussed the obi-wan kenobi premiere happened live at the at the star wars celebration in anaheim that's why it kind of had like a weird release on disney plus because they wanted it to be live in in the room for the people first um we also had uh, news around andor the cassian andor show uh starring diego luna and that is uh and andor's trailer dropped 
was pretty cool if you guys got a chance to watch that uh and we also found out that it's going to have two seasons and the seasons are going to have 12 episodes each so we are in for 24 total episodes of the story and supposedly it's going to those 24 episodes are kind of going to get us to from five years before rogue one to just before rogue one starts so it's going to tell the whole and or story uh we also got news about ahsoka people in the room got to see a little sizzle reel uh, that wasn't released on the internet so we only have secondhand reports about what that was but we do know based on that that uh all of the rebels uh characters are coming back that's star wars rebels the cartoon show that i uh scoffed at for many years and then fell deeply in love with once i finally decided to watch it um <laughs> so everybody's coming back sabine has been cast we already knew that but they officially announced it they haven't announced who uh the cast is for the rest of them but they're all going to be there they've confirmed that the quest for ezra who is a major character on rebels uh who kind of disappears uh into the into the far far away section of the galaxy uh the quest to find him is going to be the central plot of the show so very exciting news for people who have watched rebels and if you haven't watched rebels you have basically a year to do so and i really really recommend it because uh, you will not only not be lost when you watch ahsoka but you'll also have the great benefit of uh falling in love with the show like i did um but anyway uh we also got a man the we got the mando release date uh, which is 2023. So there was a lot of rumors that we were going to see Mando by Christmas time this year. That is not the case. Going to be kind of, I think it was February 2023. We're going to get it. Um, and the people at the convention also got to see a preview image, uh, preview video, which we did not get to see, but apparently had a lot of uh, Bo-Katan and Mandalore content. It seems like the story is going to be heavily influenced by the kind of like quest to reclaim Mandalore, uh, which is very exciting uh, if you have watched the Clone Wars animated show, which I now have and so also care about uh, suddenly. Um, also, there was a Mando panel where we got to see the in-person debut of Grogu, which was very exciting for everyone because uh, he is adorable. Um, we also got the Bad Batch season two trailer, which I think Bill was mildly interested in. Um, uh, we also found out that Tales of the Jedi, which is another animated show that's coming to Disney+, Plus. Uh, we got details on that because we didn't really know what it was outside of its title, but now we know that it's going to be following kind of like pre-Clone Wars era Jedi um, in their old younger days, such as Count Dooku and a apparently very young Ahsoka, like a six-year-old Ahsoka, which I guess is interesting. Uh, people were kind of disappointed. They thought that the Tales of the Jedi might be kind of like from the old Republic days or something else, and it seems like, no, it's going to be cycling around these same characters. But, you know, more content, I guess, is good. We also found out that Jude Law... Uh, is going to be starring in John Watts's Star Wars TV show called Skeleton Crew, which is being pitched as Goonies in space. Uh, assuming Jude Law is not going to be one of the Goonies, uh, probably is going to be the villain, but we'll see about that. Maybe he'll be a wizened mentor. Who knows? I hope not. He's way better as villains nowadays. But um, <laughs> And finally, uh, we found out that Star Wars Visions Season 2 is coming, uh, and instead of being only uh, anime studios, this time they widened the net, and it's going to have uh, productions from different studios all around the world, including Pixar, which struck people, made people feel a lot of different ways. Because on the one hand, it's like, oh, cool, Pixar is going to do a Star Wars short. On the other hand, it's like, isn't this supposed to be about international like studios getting a chance to do Star Wars? Why are we having one that Lucas Films is like shares an office with? Um, but you know, 
that's all the nine kind of big ticket items. Josh, out of all of these, uh, what is the thing you care about the most? What is the thing that you care about the least? Uh, it means like I need to remember everything you just listed. Uh, <laughs> so much. It's, it's in the Slack if you want to. No, no, I, I, I've got the article pulled up. Um, uh, okay. Wow. I mean, they a lot to come out of. Um, I will say one big takeaway I have is that um, a lot of people's anticipation of Andor certainly shot up after seeing the trailer. I'm still a little mixed about it. Um, I will say of all of those things that you mentioned, Tales of the Jedi is the one that I am least interested in, um, just because it seems totally unnecessary and i just don't understand why anyone would watch it like especially with ahsoka like i i am definitely in the camp of loving ahsoka and think she's a wonderful character but we already kind of seen her origins as a jedi so i i don't know how much more we need to see before that um i feel like this is getting dangerously close to prequel territories of let's get them as young as possible and see what kind of nonsense they're into Wait, what do you mean you don't care about that? But you said you wanted it. Um, <laughs> but, but we only know her from when she was 15. Don't you want to know what she was like in first grade? Uh, Listen, I, know, I have a first grader, and they can be very interesting. <laughs> you know, I, I I believe that. And I, I'm sure Sophie Botkin is the most interesting first grader in all the land. Um, they're wild, I will tell you. <laughs> But uh, I don't think I need to see uh, young Ahsoka or Count Dooku necessarily. Um, I don't I think it's Count Dooku when he was six, but I kind of would like to. I mean, I'm going to regret saying that, but I kind of would like to know what Count Dooku was. Like, it's still Christopher Lee, you know, just like <laughs> just <laughs> voicing a six year old. That would really I would like that a lot. Yeah, that, that'd be something. I know that Liam Neeson is confirmed to come back as Qui-Gon for that. So that is somewhat interesting. Um yeah, but yeah, I would, I, like I'd like the old Republic stuff does sound more interesting. Like if you want to spice that in with like here's Ahsoka when she was six, but also here's like this whole thing that happened. You know, it's like that's pretty cool. I want to see that. Like, I want to see like Qui Gon like in his twenties like fighting shit. You know, that'd be fun. You know, but I guess they also I think this is also a shortcut for the Ahsoka series. So people are like, hey, we have Rebels, but if you're lazy and don't want to watch it, Bill Bodkin. You can uh, just check this out here. She's six. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that's the thing that you're not so into. Is Andor the thing that you're most excited about based on the list? No, I, I'm still kind of like lukewarm on Andor. Um, it's it's got me more interested, but I feel like Rogue One was was good, but I didn't particularly care about that character, and I still don't particularly care about his origin story. I just I'm yeah. There's a lot of origin stories with Star Wars and. I'm getting a little sick of it, um, which is why I'm more interested in most interested in Ahsoka, because I want to see where they're taking that character forward rather than just having to rewind again and again, um, just because I think Rosario Dawson has been amazing in every instance she's played Ahsoka at this point, both in The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, and I am really excited to see more of that, and I'm like one and a half seasons through Rebels so far. And I'm starting to um, starting to grow fond of the cast, so I'm I'm looking forward to um, really falling in love with them, and then being uh, devastated at the end, and then being reminded that oh wait, I get to see some of them again in live action. Um, yes. So Ahsoka's my top. 
Nice. Okay, Bill, how about you? What's the thing you're looking forward to the most and the least? That's tough because there's a lot on this list I'm, like, really stoked for. Um, right now, I'm going to say Andor is the one I'm really stoked for because I've said for years that uh, while I liked Rogue One as a, sh- as a movie, and I feel like sometimes I'm in a minority on that, uh, I think it would have worked much better as a show. And then someone's like, hey, that gray-haired son of a bitch has a good point. Let's make <laughs> Andor a show. And listen, I love a good World War II spy, you know, spycraft type series. So, like, that tra- I was also like, ah, I don't know how this is going to be. Then I saw that trailer, and I'm like, in. I'm in. You know, like, this looks like a lot of fun. How many How many episodes did you say it was? It's going to be 24 episodes over two seasons, 12 each. Yeah, so, I mean, like, and I like Diego Luna as an actor, so I'm like, Okay, yeah, I'm in. I'm in for a different, like, kind of a street-level Star Wars instead of us keeping us in the Skywalker saga and keep doing this. Like, it looked like it was going to be a lot more down and dirty, and I, I kind of am interested in a tale like that in Star Wars. Um, new lands, new characters. Yeah, it might be set in the past, but it's going to be, like, a like a different thing, and I'm I'm very interested in that. Although, like, and, like, but it's, like, everything is, like, 1, one 1A, 1B, 1C, 2, you know, it's, like... I'm very interested in everything else that's happening here. I guess the thing I just, I'm not like, you know, when they're like, hey, it's Star Wars Vision Season 2. And I'm like, okay, Season 1 was fun. Like, I watched most of that. It's not adding much to my life by that happening. Like, there's a Goonie, there's going to be a Stranger Things slash Goonies Star Wars thing done by the guy who did Spider-Man. Okay, I'm in for that. I can't wait for the Ramones to be in Star Wars during the end credits. <laughs> Um, and, and I'm not being sarcastic. I am looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, like Star Wars Edition season two, it's like, that's cool. Like I'm not the biggest anime head in the world. So it's just like, that's fun. You know, it's something to digest and have fun with, but nothing crazy for me. And also, yeah, and so, and season two is not going to really be anime. It's going to be, I know, but it's to me, it's the same. It's just like, it's a cool little anthology that I like for me, it's like nice content, but it's not something that sticks to the ribs. It's like eating popcorn for me. So, yeah. and of course, Sweet Baby Boy, you know, making his debut. You can never not love that. He came on stage. He met, he ooed, he awed, he sat down. Everyone lost their minds. It was an exciting moment. <laughs> Josh is crying just thinking about it. <laughs> just gets so emotional. It's nice that he got to get his due. You know, I mean, he films all the time in that soundstage in Manhattan Beach. And you know, you never really know if it's really connecting to people. So it was nice that Grogu got the chance to kind of be in a room filled with people who, who appreciate his work. I'm sure that really meant a lot to him. Underrated character. Doesn't have a lot of merch. Doesn't get a lot of push, you know. <laughs> yeah. Dog got his day. It was good times. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no love for the Bad Batch Season 2 trailer. It's it's so sure that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I'll watch it. But it's, at the same time, it's like those seasons are very long and yeah. uh, <laughs> a lot more of the same. I'll be talking about it for the next six months, you know. So it's also, like, like the thing that they're teasing is like, you know, we've learned we've learned that we need to, you know, there's people who need our help. And like, wasn't that the story of the first season? <laughs> like, wasn't that like we we're just going to do it again, I guess? I don't know. Yeah like omega i can't wait omega. to hear that yeah. omega that name said four thousand times omega no um yeah so there's that um goji is going to be in it people are really excited to see him he is uh he's a little wookie jedi who we met in the clone 
in the Clone Wars show. Um, and it's kind of what the Clone Wars show does is really cruel. And like the last season, it, like in the middle of the season, they're just like, hey, here's this group of little baby Jedi that like are getting their lightsaber for the first time. And then like you don't ever really see them again. You're just like, I guess they all got killed. Thanks. Uh, Dave Filoni, that's awesome. But apparently, no, at least one of them survived, so that's great news. <laughs> We're going to get to spend more time with him. Um, so that's cool. Uh, interesting, he's the one that, like, doesn't uh, talk, so they don't have to pay the voice actor to come back, which is pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's uh, that's the news. I guess for me, I didn't really say what I'm most excited about, but it's definitely Ahsoka because I just am so, like, I just loved that Rebel show so much more than I was expecting. And the end of this of the series teases this thing where Soka comes back and is like, we're going to find Ezra together. And the chance to actually get to see that in live action is really exciting. Um, and I can't wait. And also the Andor show looks really cool. Tony Gilroy is the guy who's behind that. And he's great. He's written some of the best movies of the two thousands and uh, really. Michael yeah. Michael Payton, Tony Gilroy. Yeah. You don't like that movie. I love that movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. No, Michael Clayton's amazing. Josh, have you seen Michael Clayton? I've not. No. Oh, you should see it. Tilda Swinton gives like an all-time oh. great performance in that movie. Did she win the Oscar for that? Or she no? did, which is crazy because that is not the sort of role that ever wins an Oscar. But like, it was she was so good that it was like you couldn't deny it. Um, she's excellent. Um, everyone is excellent. It's like George Clooney at his coolest. Um, just like he plays like a fixer for like a corporation. It's like, it's great. It. That doesn't make it sound good. There's, like, a whole thing with bread. It's excellent. Just trust me. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so I would rather Tony Gilroy be making more movies like Michael Clayton, but if he can't, I guess it's cool that he's making a spy drama uh, set in the Empire era um, of Star Wars. But part of that is kind of sad for me. Um, And I guess the thing that I'm least looking forward to is space goonies because it's just like what do we need this for i don't like i mean john watts is great with kids like people don't know like before he did the spider-man movies he made this movie cop car which is just like about a bunch of kids who like kids kids who like steal a cop car um and then and kevin blaken plays like the evil police officer (laughs) and uh and it's a great little movie and so i'm sure that he could do a great job with it but I don't know. I would have rather see John Watts' Fantastic Four than get John Watts' Star Wars TV show about a bunch of kids in space fighting Jude Law or learning from Jude Law. I Again, I do hope that they're fighting him because he's just so much better as a villain. Um, but yeah, uh, that's it. So anyway, I'm going to... Any last words on Star Wars <laughs> Celebration? Uh, they didn't... Outside, like, there's some a little bit of fat to that, but I mean, they're, overall, I think they, they announced a lot of good stuff here. So yeah, I, they I delivered. That's that's definitely a good point, Bill. I I didn't expect them to deliver this much news at the convention. I expected like half of that. Um, interestingly I, enough, no movie news at all. <laughs> like, it's almost yeah, as if it is not no, a film franchise. <laughs> I feel like the what they said was ty- they Tyka? said that Taika's movie is going to be yeah. the next film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't. It's not dated. It doesn't have a name. No one knows anything about it. <laughs> but uh, I, it. I am excited for it. Sure. I mean, if it if it happens, I don't believe. Again, yeah. I, I mean, when, like, he, when he's free. Quote, yeah, quote. I would also love to see Taika's Akira, which is also not happening anymore. So like, he gets attached to a lot of stuff, and uh, Star Wars film production is is known to be bumpy. So we'll see how that goes. But Josh, any final thoughts from you? 
The only thing that I was surprised we didn't hear more about was The Acolyte, um, which was a show that had previously been announced. Um, oh, I'm forgetting. Uh, All I, years ago, right? Yeah, and, and that is set in um, more of like the the high Republic age. Um, yeah, it's the one that's being developed by uh, Leslie Headland. Um, yes, who did Russian Doll. Yes, and who it's starring uh, Amanda Senberg. So I yes. really thought they were going to add some, like, at least a trailer or something about that, but nothing really. No, that... I think it's far, it's, I think that one is the thing that is, it's the, it's the project that's announced that's a TV project that is the furthest away from happening. So I think that's why we just don't have the information yet. Like, I don't think it's, I think, like, it's, like, late 2023, early 2024 is when we're expecting that. So I think they're just not far enough along for them to really tease anything. Like, all of these other shows that we've, that have been announced, we're going to get before we get that. They also scrapped, uh, or put on pause the Patty Jenkins directed film. Yeah. That that was supposed to be like Rogue top Squadron, top, Rogue Squ- Squadron, and then uh, Rangers: The New Republic was scrapped because of Gina Carano. Yes, because she is busy making should... movies for the Daily Caller. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, that's Star Wars. Uh, now, guys, time to do our streaming wars segment where we talk about who's up and who's down in the world of streaming. Uh, the last few months in the streaming wars have been very volatile. So I'm curious yeah. what you guys think. Uh, I'm going to start with you today, Bill. Who won the month in streaming? Disney Plus. It, to me, it was slam dunk. You got all this news from Star Wars Celebration. You also, we didn't talk about because it it's not in the Star Wars world, but we're going to be getting the Willow series at the end of November. We saw a trailer for that. Uh, I thought it looked pretty good. Um, we also, And, of course, within the past month, we also got the trailer for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. We got the, some more stuff from Miss Marvel. Uh, I feel like, oh, they also, and this might not be dead sexy, but I I think it's pretty interesting. They uh, signed a deal with the XFL uh, to be putting that on the bundle. uh, uh, It'll be on ESPN and Disney. Um, And of course, some people are like, what's the big deal about the XFL? Remember Dwayne Johnson purchased it a few years ago, so he's behind it and being the front person for it. So, and they're going to you know, so it's it's sports content. It's not something we see that apparently is going to Disney Plus as well. So, to me, and they, as like all the press releases and everything coming out with all their new stuff, um, it's it's slam dunk winner for me. And of course, they just set their record with Obi Wan Kenobi with the most streams of any show they've debuted. So, and releasing Kenobi, obviously, everything we've talked about with Star Wars and that has just. To me, is a no-brainer for it to be the streamer of the month. Josh, how about you? Do you agree? I 100% agree. Um, Bill took the words right out of my mouth again. Um, the only things I would add is that uh, something that Bill already talked about in podcast on uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers has been a somewhat surprise hit of the early summer season. So that is definitely something else that's been um, a big plus for them. After I think it was widely made fun of when the first trailer. Um, or poster came out, so that yeah made no a, sense. I'm like, how is this going to yeah. be a thing? This is going to be stupid. And yeah. I've seen it three times. Yeah, so that I think is a huge win for them, uh, alongside everything that Bill mentioned. And then I just have to say that I am so so excited for Ms. Marvel. Um, I've been reading, catching up on the comics the last uh, like six months, and 
it's a phenomenal character. I hope you both get a chance to watch the show um, because she is a lovely character, and I'm really excited to see how she translates to um, the small screen. Yeah, we're contractually obligated to watch Miss Marvel, so don't worry about that. (laughs) Advanced review word on the show so far has been really good. Johnny Rawls, who's been on Socially Distanced, for Substream, he reviewed the first two, and he said he put out that it was great, kind of an all-ages type thing, because I really want to watch it with my daughter. So the advanced word's been great, which I was concerned. Alex, I know you've aired a lot of concerns about this, I think, both on the podcast and between you and I. So I'm excited yeah. for it, too. Hopefully, especially if it's as good as people are saying. Yeah, it's one of those shows that had, like, just a ton of reshoots, and they really, and and that is sometimes a red flag. Not always, you know, but, uh, but yeah. So I've been, I've been a little bit concerned, but I've loved all of the stuff that we've gotten of it so far. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to, I mean, you know, people who have been listening to Bill vs. the MCU will know that I love Spider-Man Homecoming. It's one of my favorite MCU films, and this really feels like it's kind of, like, trying to channel that, that vibe um, with a different teen character, and uh, I'm very excited for that. Uh, but yeah. I decided, yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the mic from you guys and say and swerve right off the cliff by saying that my winner of the month is the Roku channel. <laughs> Early en- first entry of the Roku channel on the in the streaming wars. It's the last. <laughs> uh, because guys, it was a great month for the Roku channel. They, as as many of us know, uh, we all talk about this all the time. They purchased the entire Quibi library, and so they are still releasing Quibi shows. Uh, we have, which is that, yes. yeah, we have. I'm not joking. <laughs> And uh, including the Kieran Shipka, Diane Kruger uh, remake of Swimming with Sharks, which debuted last month to, you know, mix to positive results, which was better than I expected for that project. Um, also, uh, in the last few weeks, we got the Daniel Radcliffe starring Weird, the Al Yankovic story. We got the trailer for that, uh, which dropped, and that's going to be coming to the Roku channel exclusively in the coming weeks. Um, and also, I'm guessing you guys didn't hear... But they're in talks to acquire stars, uh, both the the cable network and their streaming companion from Lionsgate. The Lionsgate has, has put them up for sale, and uh, right now the Roku channel is the the odds-on favorite to 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 win the bidding war that's been going on. So that would be a huge expansion into the streaming war. Stars has a lot of really strong content. Uh, they're like the Power series, Outlander. They really like kind of they have a lot of shows that very specific people really like and then most people haven't heard of. And I think that's a great way for Roku to kind of build their brand. And they'd have a, a stakehold in the, the um, terrestrial uh, TV landscape as well because they would own a premium cable channel, which would be pretty interesting for Roku. So I think Roku is on the up and up. I'm saying, like, stock price is low and you should buy now. Get in on the ground floor because, you know, they're taking off and going places. I you know what? When you said they are gonna get could get Outlander, that's gonna be a huge draw for the for that because as someone who deals with senior citizens in television, I could tell you my real job. <laughs> you know how many times I get asked, why the hell don't we have the Outlander channel? Well, a lot of people have Roku's and they could shut these people up by saying it's on the Roku channel. I mean, that's that actually is big news, man. Yeah. So I'm glad I won you over, and you both agree that Disney Plus is second to the Roku channel for this month. Now you're going to move on over to our next segment, where we talk about our new series, Spotlight. Uh, And uh, this month, 
Uh, we're going to be talking about the Amazon original series Night Sky, starring Academy Award winner Sissy Spacek and Academy Award winner J.K. Simmons as Irene and Franklin York, a couple who years ago discovered a chamber buried in their backyard, which inexplicably leads to a strange, seemingly deserted planet. Uh, this series was written and created by Holden Miller, uh, who served previously as a producer on The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore. That's his only credit on IMDb. Um, and features some top-shelf directors uh, for its first season, including Sarah Kalanit, who uh, previously directed films that you can watch on Netflix, uh, including The Kindergarten Teacher, which is a very odd, interesting film starring Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Worth, which is uh, Stanley Tucci, uh, Michael Keaton starring uh, movie about... Uh, kind of how they came up with the number for reimbursement uh, for people who had family that died in 9-11, which is a very interesting story um, that you wouldn't necessarily think would be conducive to a good film, but I actually watched it, and it is actually better than you would expect. A lot of really talented actors in there. I've heard it. I heard it's really good. I can never watch it, though. It's, it's, you know, for what it is, it's not as heavy as you would expect, um, but it is pretty heavy because I think it's impossible to expect it to not be heavy. <laughs> um, other directors on the show, including Sherry Springer Berman, who directed American Splendor, the great Paul Giamatti movie from uh, 20 years ago, um, and person who directed the pilot uh, that we watched for review was uh, Juan Jose Campanella, whose 2009 film, The Secret in Their Eyes, won an Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. So really, really talented pedigree, which is why I selected it for our episode this month. And uh, I'm curious, Josh, let's start with you. What did you think of the first episode? So I think that the dialogue writing between uh, J.K. Simmons and Sissy Spacek's character is phenomenal. I think it feels very lived in and realistic in a way that I hadn't seen um, too much in my recent television watching. Uh, I think that both Simmons and Spacek give amazing performances. I think they're they've got wonderful chemistry as this older couple going through um, their uh, later years in life and just how they're kind of coping with um, different health concerns and uh, different changes to their um, mental abilities. And then after that, I think the show's really boring. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my take. It's weird that the sci-fi, uh, like, spice on this show is the most boring part uh, yes. in your eyes. Um, and, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily disagree. Bill, what do you think? I think possibly on TV as of recent. Now, you have to remember the TV I'm watching. It's a lot of pro wrestling. <laughs> it's a lot of Star Wars and Marvel stuff. Um, and cartoons. No, but, like, honestly, I think their relationship is one of the most realistic and like beautiful older couple relationships I've seen. Like they still love each other and it never feels like that. It never feels Hollywood. It never feels forced. It feels like these two are grandparents who genuinely and genuinely really love each other. They're like each other's best friends. They like, and I thought that scene where he misses in the opening scene where he, shoots the pool ball, the cue over the pool table on, underneath her foot. I'm like, first off, that's the smoothest son of a bitch on the face of the planet. Right <laughs> I wish I had those moves. <laughs> it wouldn't take it so long for my wife to go out. If I, if um, I had tried that at a bar, uh, the ball would have ended up in that person's head and it would have, yeah. and the night would have ended right then. <laughs> yeah. 
That's a yeah, you there. Up a lawsuit, and now it's <laughs> no longer our podcast editor. Uh, but it's just another responsibility for Bill. Uh, no, it's um, but it was uh, it was just so like you could tell these two were really into each other, like they were horny on the main for each other. But then it just really merged into look how beautiful their lives are, and that's what made everything so sad. Especially at the kitchen table, saying was like, well, what happens if I go first? And my first response is, shut the fuck up! I don't want to talk about this. Which was also <laughs> J.K. Simmons' response is like, let's not talk about this. But as someone who has had senior parents and who watched retirement and death and all that stuff i fucking hated that part because it's so realistic and it's so and and like i mean that like i really hated it because it was so realistic and well done and it like is like a compliment to the show that it elicited that response it it hurt me (laughs) like it it really that's why i said like should oppress me because it reminded me of my parents and like i didn't need that today so but i think it's so wonderful but and the space stuff is beautiful to look at, but I don't care. Like I just I'm just like, yeah. okay, it's space, cool. And then there's like some fucking Canadian tuxedo guy at the end. I'm like, all right, <laughs> some hippie. What? Okay, cool. Oh, Billy Crudup from Almost Famous showed up in your space lounge. That's cool. He's a golden god. Maybe he's ego the forbidden, you know, the all-knowing planet. You know, I don't know. And I don't care because it's just like, it's just like, I just, just like, it just went too much into the, it went too serious. And I don't give a shit about the neighbor either. It's just like, cool. You're an annoying guy that no, you're a douchebag. No one likes you. So of course you're going to run for town council and be the Snoopy guy, the guy snooping around your neighbor's yard because nobody likes you. And you know what? I think your character sucks and I don't need you in this show. <laughs> uh, other than that, he was great. I mean, the performances are bad. I mean, that's the point. But I mean, again, it's yeah. just a great character. But it's this isn't a show I want to go on with because it's just like the premise, the big reveal didn't hook me. It was kind of sad. It's beautiful performances, but that's not going to get me to keep going. If this were a movie, uh-huh. I would watch the movie. Yeah, I would do this whole two two hour plus movie. But as a, like, apparently there's a, a bazillion episodes of this show, unless it, Google got it wrong. Well, there's eight episodes of the show that have dropped. The first season is eight episodes, but it is an ongoing show. It's not a limited series. They're planning on, supposedly like, they have, like, a five-season plan or whatever, yeah, and it's just like. <laughs> like, it's just like, no, thank you, sir. I do not want this in my life. Yeah. I, it's. Again, this is they're going to get nominated for Emmys and they rightfully should be because they're awesome in it. Yeah, I for so I I mostly agree with what you guys are saying. I think this is a very unusual series in yeah. that it's 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 like they it's just a like it's a weirdly calibrated show. They it feels like they were like, well, we have this kind of like mystery box idea of like this older couple who like somehow have access to another planet in their in in their backyard and all that's a cool idea and well we really want to ground the emotion of that character those characters so let's cast incredible actors and have them do an amazing job with that part of it so that way you can then like really buy into the mystery and it's like oh no you actually made that part of the show too good and now you're like gimmicky sci-fi in the basement premise doesn't matter at all and it's like just just let me watch them like talk about 
like having to figure out how to pay for their their prescriptions and like whether they should move out of the house like i want to watch that show i would watch two seasons of that show at least and then like one of them would probably die and it'd be very sad but i want to watch that show like it's i that they're so great they have such great chemistry together and like like both of you are saying it's just an excellent uh central relationship but it just is so poorly calibrated if the point of your show is like, and there's a big mystery because I just don't care at all about the mystery. And like usually the mystery box shows have the opposite problem where it's like everything goes into making you care about the mystery and you don't particularly care about the characters. And that's usually a weakness too, right? Like you need to have a balance. But here the balance is way off on the other direction and I just like don't care. And I get that like, it feels like they're getting at this like metaphor for like well a, like a a couple with this strong of a bond and who built a life together in this way has this like magical like undiscovered country you know between them that no one else can access and that's like a beautiful metaphor and I think in a film you could probably articulate that well um, and in a show where like it needs to like drive plot and like build up mysteries and have a be a puzzle box it's just like all of that falls apart and it just is yeah it's it's a very very bizarre i honestly would recommend everyone watch the first episode to see what great performances sissy spacek and jk simmons are and then just feel free to not continue watching the show <laughs> and then there's the whole like thing that like the the elephant in the room is like their son's dead so let's fucking dr- let's throw another anchor yeah around our you know let's put more concrete shoes on guys because let's sink to the bottom of depression because like yeah. and like gonna get is their son dead or did the sun go into the planet and that's what and there's part well, of the mystery but like i don't really care <laughs> she says i'll say hello to michael for you and i'm just like oh well he's dead so yeah great. Awesome. <laughs> well and we know from like the granddaughter how do you get more doom in this show but <laughs> like but again it's just that's the thing it's like i don't care about space it's just like I just want them to be okay. Yeah, like, and this is like, this is like coming this, from a person who just participated in two full podcast segments about space. So uh, it's not as if this premise shouldn't appeal to you. It's just yeah. it's just the way the show is is so bizarre that you just really don't want them to be about the space mystery. You just want them to be like, are you going to get me to my doctor's appointment? I'm sorry that I, I missed. Like, that stuff is riveting. Like, whether she I goes to another planet her. and kills herself is, like, not at all exciting. <laughs> no, I wanted her to just, just fucking eat your pork chops and, like, take a pill, <laughs> man. Do the physical therapy. Like, listen, I've been doing it for my neck for a year. It's helped me wonders. I'm younger, but listen, just go out, get a massage. It's fine. <laughs> Stop trying to die. Like, And she's like, well, I'm ready to die. I'm like, Why? Why are you ready to die? Bill, Bill, let me tell you, a movie that you should absolutely never see is Amour, which is a beautiful French film by Michael Haneke. I know, I know exactly what that movie's about. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I'm not. <laughs> it's you would, yeah, don't ever watch it, please. No. Do yourself. It's. I love the film. I think it's an incredible film. You absolutely should never watch it. Who's in that one again? Um, Emmanuel Riva is, like, the main actress in that, and she is. she was nominated for an Academy Award. Um but, yeah, no, yeah. I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, Josh, any final thought? You've been kind of quiet. Any final <laughs> thoughts on this show? Can you make sense of it in a way that we can't? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I will say another movie Bill shouldn't watch, Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams. Uh, well, that's a movie no one should watch. Uh, <laughs> Let's good, be honest. Uh, 
that was, that was a rough one seeing in theaters as like a six-year-old um i watched it in theaters too i was so excited to see it i had I weird tastes as a child way old both of you and i was like no way <laughs> i knew better than as a teen yeah. uh but yeah listen i i wept like a baby at the end of guardians volume two so you know what type of guy is. don't kill a father figure it's really bad for me <laughs> man yeah, lion king must be really hard for you uh, yeah well i haven't revisited since 1994 thanks I'm not <laughs> uh, but uh it's like this this show like i want to like you're saying i, I want to give it its flowers because of the performances but i just can't go on with it yeah, yeah. josh do you feel similarly yeah like i i love the parts with sissy spacing and jk simmons having like these difficult conversations but also having like these really tender moments like when they're on the couch together or when they're like going up the stairs together like love it it's wonderful they're just not enough outside of that to keep me interested so this one is gonna be uh, a one and done for me yeah and what i've heard from critics who have watched the whole show for review um what they said is that basically like the majority of the first season is all of the stuff that we like and that the mystery box element is a very small part of the show um but at that point i'm just like why like i don't understand what you're trying to do then like why not just like, do we need to have a sci-fi mystery box in the show to sell it? Like, was that the thing where they're like, well, I want to tell this story about my grandparents who loved each other very much, but that'll never get made. So what if there's a planet in their basement? It's like, I don't know. Like, I don't care now. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's it's a weird it's it feels like a very weird artifact of like the current moment that we're in from a media perspective where like everything needs like four Academy Award winners and a weird sci-fi hook just to get people's attention. And it's yeah. like, I, like, you know, there's also like the Josh Brolin show where there's like a black hole in on his like uh, ranch for some reason. It's just like, I don't like why, who decided this is the thing that we needed when we were getting original shows pitched two years ago. <laughs> yeah. We have definitely hit the realm or the era of like, real life but a sci-fi twist and <laughs> and i think that works a lot like i mean all of us love severance but i mean this just just no no yeah just strip the sci-fi stick with the relationships and you'd be much better off yeah i agree uh well unfortunately that's gonna do it for us this week uh <laughs> Hope you enjoyed uh, this conversation about a show that none of us particularly enjoyed. Um, but uh, in the in the meantime, uh, Josh, where can we find more weird stuff on the internet? So people can find me um, on Twitter at Josh Sarnecki, as well as um, on thepopbreak.com, where I made my trumpet return to the couch pitter column after many months of teasing and not delivering. I finally have come through and wrote something um, about a movie but <laughs> I, I cheated a little bit you could eventually um, watch it on your couch yeah yeah but a movie and a show it was it is yeah it, totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> i you know what uh our our editor-in-chief here you know gave it the green light so i'm i'm cool with it yeah you said i have an idea like finally <laughs> i can live with that i can live with that uh, i couldn't read all of it because i haven't seen dr strange yet but our film editor marissa like loved that article she was like couldn't stop raving about it so 
and I and I enjoyed it too, even though I did get into a brief Twitter spat with you over yeah. some of your points. But I feel like we had a very respectful Twitter exchange. Yes, yes, no fisticuffs were exchanged. No. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, I encourage people to to check that out if they've seen uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, and yeah, definitely, I'm open to uh, conflicting opinions um, like Alex's. You know, I feel like that's if we can't have a civil conversation on the internet, why do we even have the internet? You know, I think uh, we have the internet so we can have uncivilized conversations. Actually, that doesn't <laughs> seem right. That doesn't seem right. Well, if people are ready for some civilized conversations, then they can also listen to uh, my brother Aaron and I talk about the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and movies. Um, we recently just did a podcast on the 20th anniversary, no, 25th anniversary of Hercules, um, the beloved Disney movie from the 1990s. Um, so highly encourage people to check that out. And yeah, we've got a, a pretty stacked June. So uh, people should definitely look for those on the the TV break, uh, no, the the pop break TV feed as well as the uh, the breakcast feed. Yes, we actually the the anniversary brothers have a bonus episode coming this month, so definitely subscribe to those feeds so that way you can get the most up to date uh, episodes. And I am so excited that you guys are talking about Hercules. I hope you devote a lot of time to the soundtrack because I listened to that soundtrack on repeat when I was eight years old. I knew every line to every song and I performed it alone in my basement. So I'm really excited to listen to you guys talk about that. I knew there was a reason we were friends, Alex. <laughs> I have never watched Hercules, so I am going to watch it. You should. And then I'm gonna listen you should to watch it with Sophie. Sophie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she'll watch anything. So, if she gets bored, let's put it on YouTube. But uh, uh, while you're in between uh, viewings of movies from the 90s and 80s and, and today, uh, Bill, where can we find your stuff on the internet and Pop Break and all that stuff? Well... After Alex watches Summer Rental, and I can uh, we can talk about it on our next podcast. What if I uh, rent a movie in the summer? Can that count? <laughs> as long as it's starring John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, and Annette Bening, then yes. All three I of do them. do like Annette Bening, but... This was one of her first forays, so please go check it is out. It, how much is it like American President? I'm going to leave that up for you to find out. <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> It takes place in America. So, <laughs> listen, all I'm saying is watch it to get my joke. I'll pay it. I'll pay the rental for you. It's worth it at this point. Anyway, if you must follow me on Twitter, I'm at Bodkin Writes. Of course, Alex and I do the Bill vs. the MCU podcast. We dropped our most recent episode last week where we talked about Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, where I talked about how much I credit that movie. And Spider-Man Homecoming, and where I talk about how that was the movie that got me off of Marvel, and boy was I wrong. Uh, we'll have our next yes. one coming up in a few weeks, uh, which I need to start watching movies. Uh, we're going to be talking about Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, and uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, as for me, I, I'm also the co-host of the Socially Distanced Podcast, which drops every single Friday on all your favorite podcast platforms. Um, we are starting, like I mentioned before, this Friday... Fridays, we're going to be doing Kenobi. We'll probably be touching on Stranger Things a little bit. Uh, this summer, we're going to be snacked. We will talk about Stranger Things. We will talk about Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Andor, all that stuff. Uh, we the do have Thunder. 
door. Oh yes, I already bought a T-shirt for it. Uh, so yeah, we are we're gonna do that. As we might do that one live. I don't know. We Al and I are still thinking about how we're gonna pull that one off. Um, we uh, also just had some pretty cool uh, football podcasts. We did a concert uh, a concert draft podcast, which is pretty cool. I would love for people to check out. And last week we talked about Chippendale Rescue Rangers, so it was a ton of fun. Uh, but most importantly, I'm the editor-in-chief of ThePopBreak.com. For 13 years, we've been writing about TV, music, movies, pop culture, anime, pro wrestling, you name it, we got it. We're, our music section's blowing up. Go check everything out we have going on over there. Uh, we're at the Pop Break on Instagram and Twitter, and all our find all our podcasts on our podcast feed, which Alex Shepard's and all your favorite podcast platforms. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Media Thinkings. Uh, over on Letterboxd, I just reviewed Top Gun Maverick and gave it a middling three-star review. So if you want to see a apparent contrarian opinion on Top Gun Maverick, uh, because everyone else seems to think it's the best film that was ever made, and I do not, uh, you can check that out over there. You can follow my film podcast, Cinema Joes, at Cinema Joes on Twitter, Cinema Joes on all major podcast platforms. Uh, you know, we're doing a lot of fun stuff. We reviewed Multiverse of Madness a couple weeks ago. Uh, we just put out our summer movie preview uh, episode, which is one of our favorite episodes to do, uh, where we just kind of walk you through all of the big movies and the little movies that you might be interested in that are coming out this summer and uh, some unexpected treats along the way. Um, did you guys know that in August uh, there's a movie where Idris Elba has to fight a rogue lion? Yes, I did. It's it's called Beast, I believe. And I just the, the description refers to the lion as a rogue lion, and I just find that hilarious. It's just like as opposed like it's a wild animal that's trying to attack his family. It needs to be a rogue also. Like does it have like a cool costume also? I don't know. But anyway, least I believe that movie is real, unlike the Pentaveret. <laughs> it does co star Sharto Copley, so who knows? Maybe it's not actually real. It's the that's what everyone says when i tell them that (laughs) but anyway you can check that out uh as bill said you could follow my podcast with him on the breakcast feed uh we're really getting into the sweet spot of the mcu as far as i'm concerned so definitely check out those episodes as they come out uh yeah and you mean the ones i've never watched (laughs) yes exactly bill was like i'm gonna leave right when it gets good What a dick. (laughs) Yes, and then I'm going to record hours and hours of podcasts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Moon Knight. Um, But anyway, (laughs) uh, that's going to do it for us this month. Um, I feel like things kind of went off the rails right at the end, but not as much as other episodes. So I hope you enjoyed this uh, as much as I enjoyed uh, talking to you guys. And uh, until next time. (laughs) Cream always rises to the top of the teacup. (laughs) When you're out having... Absolutely. Later, Gators.